Welcome to the Backbox Pinball Podcast, a podcast for lady pinballers and their friends. In each episode, we will sit down with a guest and talk about news and events related to the sport and hobby of pinball. Here are your hosts, Lauren Gray and Rebecca Salem. Welcome to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. Oh, it's the end of year. Allergies came early for Rebecca and myself. How are you feeling, girl? I'm dying. Yeah. I mean, I'm not actually dying. I do not, in fact, like, I'm not, like, legitimately dying. I just uh, would like to scrape out my nose and my throat and take all of the Benadryl in the entire universe. Yeah. And then sleep for, like, three weeks until January's over. Yeah, I slept most of today. Yeah. So, but you know what? It's still, I love this week, though. This is, like, my favorite week of the year because it's that weird week. You don't know what day it is. You feel, like, overloaded on carbs. Yeah, it's Thursday, right? Yeah, I, I don't know what day it is. I have no idea. I'm just like, but I'm supposed to be working, um, but I was sick most of today and I was just like, Bleh. but I was still excited about today. I was like, we're going to hang out with one of my most favorite, favorite people. And she's our official guest for the 2021 Holiday Dumpster Fire Extravaganza here on the Backbox Pinball Podcast, second annual. You know, I was like, who do we have as a guest? And uh, Rebecca and I brainstorm. We're like, who, who is cool? Who do we want to hang out with? Who do we want to talk to? And this person's name came up over and over and over. And she's who I want to be when I grow up. Like, I legit like think she's like one of the coolest people I know in pinball and in life. She's just awesome. And I lightly stalk, stalk her on Facebook in a, in a totally appropriate way. But she's awesome. She was featured on the show, God, in the teens, I think. And like the, I, and I should have looked up the exact episode number, but um, she is awesome. She is the creator and TD extraordinaire from Whipped. She is the coordinator for Bells and Chimes New York City. Please help me welcome back to the show from New York City, Kate Martin. Yay! Hello. I had COVID. Sorry, I sound like a velociraptor. It's fine. I, I feel real bad about my dying comments now. <laughs> you know, it's like I did not get COVID. I lived, so that's cool. But yeah, I do. I sound a little bit like Harvey Firestein more than usual. I'm a normally raspy person, but now am I a very raspy person? So I don't know. Phone sex could be an alternative career now. I think that's cool <laughs> if that was still a thing. Everyone yeah. needs a side hustle, right? What is your side gig? I would love a job where I didn't have to work at my feet and men would pay me to be mean to them. That's like the dream. So, <laughs> so future career, Kate Martin, uh, phone sex dominatrix, and um, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. This is no longer a family-friendly show. Yeah, I know. Uh, we, we've <laughs> taken a turn. <laughs> so soon. We've only been a few minutes in. Oh, my goodness. Kate, for those who don't know how awesome you are, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your pinball origin story, kind of where you started from, what you're doing today. Um, I... Like specifically remember going on a date with a guy when I was 21 and we went to a bar and he was like, oh, cool. They have pinball machines. You want to play? And I was like, pinballs for losers. Who would do that? And then fast forward like a year, I worked at a bar that had pinball machines and like these three people would come in every day during happy hour and play pinball. And they'd always be like, hey, you want to be the fourth player? And I was like, sure. And one of them was really cute. So I was like, I'll play pinball with you. And then I continued to play pinball. And now I'm better than him. So that's really cool. But I just like... I'm obsessive, so I own nine pinball machines living in New York City, which is a challenge. <laughs> uh, and I run a bunch of pinball leagues because they make me happy and I like clerical work. <laughs> <laughs> it is very much clerical work when you're running a pinball league. It's like a lot of, did you turn that in? Did you fill out this spreadsheet? I run two leagues simultaneously. So like, I don't know if everyone knows, but 
there is a New York City Pinball League that has spawned off to, I believe, I know Chicago has one, I believe Portland has one, and then maybe like Minneapolis, where like you play in teams and you have these like head-to-head matches with other people. So that has two seasons a year. In the off season, I have a very similar league that runs like that in the summer and then in the winter because of COVID, we're doing something different. And then I help run Bells and Chimes with other wonderful ladies, Jade Aang, uh, Jess Warren, and Kate Axelrod, who are all amazing and badass and really do most of the legwork. And Bells and Chimes is like this wonderful, inclusive, caring, amazing community where like everyone becomes super good friends and they spend holidays together. And we do like all these, like we've done road trips and stuff. The other league I run is like, balls to the wall if you are an apple I will kick you out no you cannot dispute it like I am like (laughs) the meanest person in the entire world it's super fun it is the most fun league I've ever been a part of but I won't let certain people in because they have reputations for being jerks and so like those are my two sides like I'm very nice until I'm not and I really those are my two favorite things that I do of all of the pinball stuff are like amazing sweet wonderful bells and chimes let's bake each other cookies and like no, I will not accept your score because apparently you said something shitty to someone. So now I'm keeping your dues, but you cannot play anymore. <laughs> I mean, I remember watching you get all feisty with the dude who just showed up in Chicago and just started playing the machines in the women's tournament. I don't even know if you remember being like feisty at him, but I was like, oh, I absolutely do. But which one? <laughs> like which one? Because there were multiple, like Chicago Expo, I have said it multiple times in my life on public forums. I have not gone into detail on public forums, but Chicago Pinball Expo, running the women's division there was literally the worst pinball experience of my entire life. It was the worst TD experience of my entire life. It was one of the worst show experiences of my entire life. And I probably will never, ever, ever do anything for Expo ever again. But I will go to Expo every year and I will play in that tournament. If someone else takes it on, I don't recommend it. They didn't give me any signage for women's. So I just made like a makeshift block off with tables. And like guys would walk up and I'd be like, hey, sorry, like these games are tournament games. They're for the women's division only. And they'd be like, oh, well, I'm almost done. And I'm like, sir, that's not how this works. Like you have to get off the game now. Twice I just shut the machines off and was like, I didn't, I'm not asking you. Like, I'm not asking you. Like people are here to compete in a tournament. These are the games that I procured for this tournament. Get off my freaking machine. The other thing that would happen was people would just like be watching classics or main and just like stand in between machine, like like in between people that were playing. And I'd be like, could you not? Like, could you not? <laughs> How hard is it to just not be in someone's space? And it turns out hard, apparently. But yeah, I've been a bartender since I was 15 years old. So yelling at people when they act like toddlers is literally my job. So it makes me good at running pinball tournaments. You have the skill set. Yeah. As someone who works with toddlers, it is an acquired skill. You cannot just... It, it takes practice to make toddlers do what they are supposed to do. And also, like, not poop in weird places. So, you know. That is an actual thing I've had to deal with twice in my bartending career, is being like, why would someone poop there? Oh, God. You don't know. Sometimes it just happens. Oh, my God, no. And I, like, truly, I just lock the bathroom door and leave a very sorry note for the person who comes in and cleans the bar and usually money. Like, I'm like, I know. Uh, I'm real sorry. But, like, I can't. I will. I am a very sensitive gag reflex. It would not work well for me. Literally yesterday had to throw out someone who I believe was on. And I'm like, not saying this like to be funny, like genuinely walked in completely sober, went to the bathroom, came out and I think was on either math or PCP based on the behavior and like 
freak strength after being, he attacked, like tried to attack two women. I put me and another person in between him. It was like a crazy thing. And this guy, this sweet guy who's like, I met because he was just coming to the bar, nerdy dude, plays pinball, big guy, but like self-proclaimed has never been in a fight in his entire life. Like, put the dude in a chokehold and dragged him outside and threw him into the street. And then two people kept him outside until the police showed up. And it was one of those things where I literally like looked around and I was like, I have dated so many old men and none of them were rich and then died. And I have made mistakes in my life because I'm still bartending (laughs) and this is happening. And I can't. (laughs) Oh my goodness, Kate, no. Kate, if it makes you feel any better, I too have observed people in chokeholds getting thrown out of places. I usually don't have to do the chokeholding. Usually I'm the person who's on the receiving end. But, you know, we're hiring if you if you ever want to work in my field. You can, it's basically bartending, but not uh, at all. Except if you get drunk at work, you get very fired. Oh, yes. yes. If I get drunk at work, no one cares. Yeah, I will get super fired at work if I get drunk on the job. <laughs> Absolutely. But anyway, Lauren, where are we at with the news? Where are we at with the news? Okay, Kate, so thank you so much for being on our holiday dumpster fire extravaganza. We're going to have a blast. We're going to talk some pinball news. First big thing out the gate, Jack Danger, now a cornerstone legit full-time designer for Stern Pinball. That happens, of course, right after we recorded our last episode, which we'll be dropping shortly with the Silver Ballroom. And I'm like, why do you do this pinball news? Why can you not respect the fact that or we record randomly <laughs> and help out? But congratulations to Jack. Uh, we were so excited for him. You know, the home edition Jurassic Park pin, I don't know what the numbers are, but obviously it's done very well. It's sold out. So this is a kind of a, a big deal for him. And so, so excited for him. Uh, Kate, uh, what do you think about it? Uh, I think Jack's great. And he's obviously very into pinball and has been trying to do design for, I mean, years. Like you watch it on, you can see all of his Facebook posts and everything about him trying to design games. And I think that like, I'm of the opinion that more designers are better, like no matter what their entry level is, what their skill level is, what they do. Like I am the the first to always like complain that I think Steve Ritchie games come in two forms and they're all basically the same. You either get your No Fear or Getaway or you get your Star Wars Game of Thrones. And like, that's fine because I still like playing them. And if you get the right rules in there, I love Game of Thrones. I think Game of Thrones is great. I love all the games I just listed. So like more design is better, always. Jack is a huge Bells booster. He's a huge supporter of like anyone that isn't the status quo pinball player. And just genuinely, I like him friends with him and think he's nice. So I hope he does assume he will do great things. And he's working with super experienced designers that will be able to guide him away from mistakes. And he seems like the kind of person who does not afraid to ask for help. So that's, I think, huge when getting into a new career, asking for help. Yeah. People don't do that. It's, it's always tough when you're the new guy. But I think that I, I, I'm excited for him. And I think it's going to mean great things. Rebecca, what are your thoughts? You know, we have the home pin. It is super duper fun. We play it a lot. We're modding the crap out of it. And I am happy that he gets uh, employer-based health insurance. That is very important. And I'm excited to see what he gets to do next. Like, I'm, I'm really excited. I feel like it's one of those things, and this is going to sound, I feel like this is going to segue into other pinball news. Stern revealed Rush today by John Borg. And I love John Borg, but also I'm kind of like, I don't mind that it's Rush because we keep buying new machines and 
it's not a machine that I need to have because I enjoy Rush, but do I love Rush? We also have zero music pins in the house. Unless, of course, you count TNA and Tron as music pins, which I feel like they do. So, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not mad that it's Rush. I'm happy for everyone who's been waiting for a Rush pin. But also if everybody, like Kate, who's like, yes, it's me! It's me! It's me! I've been waiting! And I love Rush so much. Ah, <laughs> ah. My, my now ex and I went to see Primus a few months ago. And the first set was all Primus songs. And the second set was all Rush songs. And they're doing an entire tour of that. And like truly one of the highlights of our now dumpster fire of a relationship. But like it was me. And I got roofied after that show. But it was fine. But yeah, like I love Rush. One of my best friends is obsessed with Rush. Like like obsessed to the point that like I was at Indisc pulling into an in and out with like a bunch of Chicago pinball friends about to order lunch and Neil Pert, the drummer from Rush died. And I called him to make sure he was okay. And at the time, his girlfriend, by the time this airs, maybe not girlfriend, maybe fiance, I don't know, uh, <laughs> was in France working on her visa and stuff. And he, I remember he was like, I FaceTimed her and her mother and I was crying. And his mom was like, oh, he loves you so much. He's crying. And he was like, I didn't have the heart to tell her that I was crying because the drummer from my favorite band died. And like, I miss you very much. But like Neil purchase that like I I freaking love Rush. I'm so stoked for it. I don't like I dated a person who designs pinball machines and everyone knows that and I don't feel the need to name him. But he would always say that he likes Rush, but he doesn't think Rush is good pinball music. And I wholeheartedly disagree. I think it will be great. Big fan of Rush. <laughs> I am very excited that you are a big fan of Rush and you are getting the pin designed by the guy who makes super fun layouts. I am very happy for you guys. I am very happy for me because I don't have to spend the money on Rush and then I can go buy and there's more Rushes available for <laughs> everyone who loves Rush that much and I can wait for whatever Jack makes next. You and I are like the like the perfect couple where like one person doesn't like pickles and the other person loves pickles so I get to eat all your pickles. Like I get your Rush. Except I really like pickles. I love pickles too. Uh, you can also have my huge side of Rush, and I get I, so I can stand back and like Rush is musically a a fantastic band. I I have I just do not like I'm not a fan, and it was hard because I worked at a rock station for six years, and people are like, "What's wrong with you?" I don't like Rush, and I'm going to stand on this mountain as well. I don't like Pink Floyd. I don't like either band. <laughs> Oh, I don't. I get Pink Floyd. I understand Pink Floyd. I will never tell someone that they are dumb for liking Pink Floyd. But like, with the exception of like five or six songs that I think are fine, Pink Floyd comes on, and I'm like, "Ooh, where's a guy with a bad haircut trying to tell me how like good this is?" <laughs> Someone's gonna walk up to me, and he's going to explain to me why I like something, even though I don't enjoy it. Like, I'm just waiting. Yeah. No. It's t it's tough. It's like I'm kind of on that, you know, I I would not have picked Rush for a, a music pin, but I can so many people like Rush that I'm I'm kind of like stand back and I'm like, no, oh, we're going to let this happen. Um, I, I understood the Led Zeppelin thing because I also I found I feel that Led Zeppelin's one of the greatest bands of all time. But Rush just doesn't do it for me. I'll wait to see it. I'm sure it's going to be fun to play, but it's definitely not one I'm going to be buying for my home for sure. I will say this. I am not currently buying any more pinball machines because I can only fit four in my apartment. And I, so I have more pinball machines, not in my home than in my home. 
I have five pinball machines in friends' places. I call them my babysitters. They care for my babies. But like, I would buy a Tron and I would buy a Lord of the Rings, but I can't buy anything else. And Rush just doesn't, it's not, I mean, if it ends up being a fantastic game like that, it might end up on my list. But right now, the only games, only games I am buying, if I come across them, are Tron and Lord of the Rings. And maybe Adam's family. But that's it. <laughs> Nothing else. This is this is how it works, you guys. This is how it works. This is totally how it works. It's like, well, and that was you. I bought a Twilight Zone earlier this year. So I feel like I just have like big boy Adam's family and I don't need it. But like I am in the Wednesday to Morticia trans- transition phase of my life. And I really just like need an Adam's family one day. <laughs> I have a problem. I mean, I feel like that would be on my list. It's so hard to find one that isn't like, oh, way overpriced and that hasn't been like, you know, beat to heck. And if it hasn't been beat to heck, then they're like, hey, you're going to have this Adam family for like 12 grand. I'm like, you are insane. It's like, Absolutely not. I mean, look, pinball deals exist out there. If you can find it, go for it. Like Lauren, I told you earlier, Jordan went to go pick up a Cleopatra. Yes, it doesn't work. And yes, it was $200. <laughs> The My now ex, as I said earlier before the recording, recently just picked up a Cleopatra from someone that was like, because my ex likes to, like, he shops out games for people, and he's very, very good at it, and also got it cheating on me, and he picked up this Cleopatra for, and, the, and like, literally when he pulled the playfield out, the paint came off of the playfield, because it had been kept in such bad condition, and was like, there's nothing salvageable, like, I wish there was something salvageable on this, I like Cleopatra, like, I, but there's nothing. And the guy was like, I guess you can just keep it. So he got a free Cleopatra, but it is worthless. <laughs> that, they, wow. That's, oh, that's awful. Yeah. That's like, oh, I mean, he got a free machine, but it is worthless at this point. You're going to yeah. have to put so much into it if you wanted to bring it back. But he, at that point, would you? like? I believe it's just going to scrap the mechs and then toss everything else. And I was like, well, the cabinet's in good shape. Like, keep that. And he was like, I have like seven ca- cabinets already. Well, look, Kate, I'm just saying... If you put wheels on it, you can drive it in a soapbox derby. Using, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it's coming back. If you had just, if there are spare cabinets, just put wheels on them and then race them around at an expo. It's, it's a great idea. Uh, a friend of mine a few months ago was like, "Hey, I'm at this garage sale, and this is a pinball thing, right? Do you want it?" And sent me a picture of a silver ball back glass, <gasps> mint thing, is in great condition. And I was like, "Sure, how much? Fifty bucks?" And I was like, "Absolutely, I'll take it." I have nowhere to put this thing. It is just sitting next to my Twilight Zone. I have no idea what to do with it. I want to hang it, but I'm terrified of doing it myself and breaking it. And I have like maybe somewhere I could fit, but probably not. But look them up. They retail for like three, $400 because people that have those games, the things that like on older games that tend to get the most beat up are the cabinets and the back glasses. So I'm like, well, if I'm ever in a bind, I guess I could just sell this thing. But like, I just buy pinball stuff for no reason. It's fine. Everybody does it. It's an expensive, bad habit to have. Well, look, it could be PCP, and we've seen the results of that. (laughs) So you're doing great. You're doing great. Thank you for supporting me in my times of need. It's all that we can do. So more news. Speaking of people, and I I didn't mention this to you guys, but also congratulations to Bo and Karens and Colin McAlpine, who uh, got bought on to the staff of P3 Multimorphic as uh, game designers. I don't think that they're full-time there. I did not ask, but they're on the staff. So I'm excited to see what's coming out next. I hear that it's an, a, an IP, like a licensed theme, but I'm interested to see what it's going to be. I know, all I know about Multimorphic is that Scott Denisi is doing work for them. That is correct. Scott Denisi, who is like a human sunbeam, a wonderful person, the nicest man in the world. His wife 
also amazing. He once FaceTimed me to help me fix my TNA. Like that's how nice of a person he is. But I have, I hope that the addition of Bowen, who's quite good at rules and understands rules better than most people, will make me ever want to play a multimorphic game. I just don't. Yeah, you know, but I think that, the, you know, this is that next step for them, you know, kind of like they're on the mainstream, but I feel like adding Bowen and adding Colin, I feel like it's going to add a lot to the games they already have. And I'm a huge fan of Heist. Uh, Rebecca, I know you have, y'all have Heist, um, but I, I'm excited. What do you think about the addition? Oh, I'm stoked. We had Colin over uh, and did some uh, heist playing with him. And so I'm excited to see what he does to really like elevate the games to a tournamenty level. Uh, same thing with Bowen. So I'm, I'm excited. Also, Jerry, hire me. But that's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. But no, I'm excited for them. And then on um, other news, we have, I would say, news that I don't understand and then news that is sad. Where do we want to um, go with this? Sad news or, or confusing news for me? We can go confusing news first. Uh, as a as a league coordinator myself, I was like, mm, I get it. Uh, IFPA uh, made some big sweeping changes, at least in, in my thoughts, to um, how leagues are run. I am not going to go into the specific details. All I know is that they jacked up my calendar. <laughs> it's like, I had it. It was pretty. It was done for 2022. I understand why they're doing what they do. So essentially, they're adding more games that need to be played for a league tournament season. And it's to, you know, have more buy-in from players who just casually go to league. I I, I don't think it's a bad thing. It just, it was more of like, oh, mess up my schedule. Because essentially, I'll just have to add an extra game into to our particular league. But Kate, as somebody who, um, have you seen the changes that have come down for IFPA? What do you think about it? I saw them and it like we were only going to do a four-week season this year because of just our time frame and so of course I was like well I don't know like what we're going to do and I think we might just instead of having finals just do six weeks and like make it work because it's six right now that's what he changed it to yeah it has to have a minimum of six like a six official meets and then if you have a finals beyond that I get it. Like, I completely understand it. I, I see the point to it. And it's specifically, I think, to prevent a lot of those, like, super leagues where people just go and just, like, whopper mine. And that I understand. But, like, I read it and my brain was like, nope, not retaining this information. <laughs> so it <laughs> uh, was one of those, or, someone else make this make sense because I can't. Here you go. There was a lot going on in there. I have a chat open with like all the coordinator, league coordinators here in San Antonio. And I just, uh, I just made the like, ew, no, mm, no. Uh, Cause everybody else was like, isn't this going to mess up your season? I was like, not as badly as the other leagues, but yes, this is going to jack up my season kill calendar, but it's totally fine. Uh, IFPA, we support you. I get what you're doing. Um, you just kind of, you know, mess with my calendar. But uh, listeners, we will put a link in the show notes if you want to super nerd out about all the changes that IFPA has made to uh, league play. We'll put a link in the show notes. You can read about it. Maybe we'll, we'll talk about it more. Maybe we'll get one of the IFPA officials on the show and, and we can deep dive into it. But for now, they've made big changes to leagues. It's going to mean more games are required, a minimum of six for league play. So... Wah, wah. It just means we have to play more pinball. It's not so bad. I mean, it's not a bad thing. I mean, I'm not like sad, sad about it. You know, it's like, oh, you know, it's it's just a thing. It's just kind of like, all right. 
You know, it's just I I have to work more stuff around it because the way our league works is that we play every other week. We don't play back to back weeks. So it just extends our season even longer. And it was nice having like a break in between the seasons. You know, I'd get like a two week break. But now I'm like, no, that went away. All right. That's great. (laughs) No vacations, only pinball. Yeah, no vacations, only pinball. Yeah, it's totally crazy. So last bit of news, and then we'll go into all the magic that is Kate. We had some sad news come out, and it actually happened right after our recording as well. Mark uh, Mandelort, who was the founder of Marco Specialties, passed away a couple weeks ago. And we were so sad to hear about that. Marco has been such a huge supporter of just all things pinball. I, I remember when I got Cleopatra, my first pinball machine several years ago, the guy who gave it to me, Brett, I don't know if he listens, but hey, he, I'm standing in a parking lot in San Marcos. Like he, like my spouse is like, what have we done? You're buying some random pinball machines from some dude you don't know off the back of his truck. I was like, it's going to be fine. And he, the Brett's looking at me. He's like, um, have you ever owned a pinball machine before? And I'm like, no. He's like, do you know anything about pinball machines? I was like, not owning them. No. And he's like, okay, there's this place called Marco Specialties. He's like, you can get everything there. It's great. He's like, just look them up. You're going to need to buy this, this, and this. And and that's kind of where my relationship with Marco Specialties started. And um, it's just really saddened to hear about his passing. I, you know, there wasn't a lot of details. Um, but, uh, but Kate, had you had an opportunity to meet Mark? Or, or what have your experiences been with Marco? I met him in passing a few times, but like never spent significant amount of time with him. So I don't, I, he was always pleasant to me. I have heard nothing but wonderful things about him. And I think anyone passing, especially like suddenly and young is really like a bummer. I have ordered plenty from Marco. I have a Marco mug sitting in my kitchen cabinet right now. And it just, yeah, he was a very nice person. I've heard nothing but like wonderful things about him to somewhat provide levity. Someone posted on a pinball Facebook group, Rip Morrow. And I clearly was trying to write Mark, but typoed and got completely like trolled in the comments in a fashion that like, I don't want to find as funny as I did. But I just remember seeing that and the, the like number one liked comment was what a touching trip. You. <laughs> and, and, and like death is not funny, but like sometimes it's okay to laugh. Oh my God. that, that I, I would smile if I was looking down on the world. I'm like, that would make me laugh. But uh, Re- uh, Rebecca, what have your experiences with Marco been? You know, we got into it new, but that was the first place that we were buying. Marco, like the the company was like who we bought. Like that's where we bought pinball parts. Like that is just where you go. And they are so established. And it's really amazing to see what someone's passion and commitment to a hobby can really like make. Like where would we be without Marco? Goodness knows. Because that's usually always, like, one of the first places that we're going when we're looking for something that we need. So I wish I had had more time to get to know him. Um, I'm sure that I have possibly met him in passing between running around stuff in the past few years. But most of my experience has been with everybody who has, you know, worked for and with him. And I've never heard a bad thing. Same, same. And uh, we here at Backbox, Rebecca and myself, we are going to be doing a special show, um, kind of deep diving into Marco next month. Um, we are going to be definitely talking to some friends of ours for, of the show. And, and our hearts go out to um, his son, Paul, his wife, Nancy. And, um, you know, we are so sorry for your loss. And, and it's a loss to the, the hobby as well. So yeah, it's a little sad note um, here this holiday season. It's like unexpected news, but um, 
but we our thoughts are are with his family and yeah we'll talk more about that on the our special tribute show coming up pretty soon but uh moving into the uh holiday dumpsters fire extravaganza Kate, like, we literally did, like, we were like, who do we want to have on the show? And I was like, and literally you were at the top of our list. I was like, Kate, Kate, I want to talk to Kate. I haven't talked to Kate in forever. Uh, I was like, one, I, you know, we are friends. I think you're one of the coolest people I've met so far in this hobby. And I just, I like, I love following you. Your Facebook brings me joy. And I like, when you were sick, I was like, I want to send her Taco Bell, but I don't know, like, if she can have Taco Bell with COVID. I was like, is that safe? I'm like, it probably like would destroy whatever COVID is inside of her because I feel that's what Taco Bell will do. If it makes you feel better, I have hypothyroidism. My thyroid does not work. It does not process normally. And so I can eat anything and never feel any repercussions from it. <laughs> it's the only perk of that. Good to know. Good. I mean, because I mean, I can have like a little bit of Taco Bell, but I live here in the so- South, like, you know, border region. So we have access to a lot of Mexican food. But um, I have friends who are like super. Oh, I need to argue this point. Taco Bell is not Mexican food. And when I want Mexican food, I want Mexican food. And when I want Taco Bell, I want Taco Bell. Taco Bell is not Mexican food. I have Cuban family members that would like hang me out to dry if I ever, ever tried to say that Taco Bell was anywhere near authentic Hispanic food. It is not. It is not. Uh, listeners, for those of you who may not know, it is not. It is not remotely uh, Latin or Mexican or even Tex-Mex. I'm like, you can't, there's not. Taco Bell is delicious, delicious salt garbage that I want to funnel into my yes. mouth at 3 a.m. nonstop. Listeners cannot see but I literally have Taco Bell fire and hot sauce pillows <laughs> on my couch. She does, folks. It's awesome. Oh, my gosh. I might need you to send us a picture of that. And I have a fire sauce tattoo on my arm. And, and like, I get, like, so there's this theory where, like, you never want to become associated with your favorite animal because then you will never stop getting stuff of your favorite animal for the rest of your life. I have so much raccoon stuff that if someone never bought me a raccoon thing for the rest of my life, I would be so happy. It is now transitioned into Taco Bell, but there are like, there are points in my life where like, I want to say right before Halloween, a couple weeks before Halloween, I was working and wasn't supposed to be working. Like something happened. I can't remember whatever. I was doing a double on a Friday by myself, which is like as exhausting as you could think possible. Three different people door dashed me Taco Bell without telling me. And there was like over $150 of Taco Bell in the bar that night. And I was like, I can eat like four tacos and a burrito like I can't eat all of this so people were coming in I'm like in New York you have to check for vaccine status so I was like hi can I get your vaccine card and your ID and would you like a taco (laughs) please take the taco bell oh my gosh I love that so much I'm not complaining but yes thank you for the the taco bell thoughts I I do it's like I I always want I was like can I send her something but I'm glad to hear that you're on the mend and you know it came up in conversation because you had done the whole Chicago women's tournament you know experience thing and we're like because like, I, I think I was like, is that whipped? Is it whipped? I don't know. I'm like, we don't know. So we're, I was like, we need to talk to Kate. How's she doing? So, you know, that was not a fun experience. We talked about that earlier. Where are you at with whipped? Because I, you know, with, you know, rest in peace, Pinberg, you know, replay effects has gone away. What do you see next for whipped? And the, for those of you who don't know, we'll put a link in the show notes. Whipped is the Women's International Pinball Tournament and is the largest women's tournament in the world. And it's awesome. And we've had a few of the winners from Whipped on the show. But what do you what do you see? What's the what's going on with that? I will give uh, Northwest Pinball and Arcade Show or whatever it is called credit. They, I believe, 
their last one and whipped, I had the exact same amount of players. I am pretty sure. Nice. But theirs is a pump and dump and ours is a one day match play, whatever. Different formats, but whatever. Really want to go to Seattle. Same. I need a tournament that has the space. And it just, it's so hard to find somewhere that's like, yes, we have a hundred machines for you. Yes, we have a day we can give to you. Or even two, it could be split up. Like it, it could be really broken down over other days. And no, it won't interfere with all the other tournaments taking place at the show. It is so hard to find that. Connor Stowe, a lovely person who lives in the Portland, Oregon area. I don't know if he's actually in Portland. I would assume he is. Is it ground control that's out there? What's the huge place out there? I think it is ground control, but I'll have to, we'll double check listeners. I think it's ground control. He had mentioned that they have enough machines and had talked, reached out to me and Bo and like, hey, I think this would be a really wonderful place. But they, all I've ever wanted Whip to be was a mini Pinberg. I wanted it to be like as similar as possible to Pinberg. I had a very horrific joke name for it that I won't say ever in front of people, but it involved lady parts and it sounded a little bit like Pinberg. <laughs> I should not be allowed in public. But they have, I think, mostly EMs and solid states, which I love. But like to get like a full pinball experience, I feel like you just need games from all eras and like DMDs and new Sterns, like. They take longer to play. I know a lot of people are sick of only playing them, but like they're just, it's a different game. I will never have the same experience playing a Walking Dead that I will have playing a Stargazer. Those are just the two games I am currently looking at. But like, and and I, I love them both in equal measure. I love Stargazer better. It's so much better. But like, that's the only issue I've hit there. And then organizing a tournament outside of a show is really hard. Shows provide normally a like, at least structure and like a backup for you. They usually provide your games, though not always, I have now learned. They usually will provide you with some software. They will help you with tablets and TVs and everything. Like working with Replay spoiled me because, and even Indisc, like Carl and Jim are so amazing. And if people don't know that they are amazing, then they need to get educated because like the two of them run Indisc. That show is so freaking fun. Their women's tournament is so good. Their banks are always amazing. Like, Indisc is the thing I'm looking forward to the most in the world now because Pinburg's on. And so, like, having people that are like, what do you think would be better for this? What time should we do this? When should we do that? Like, that's awesome to walk into and be like, all right, what else do you need help with? But, like, going into somewhere where they're like, get your own games, figure out your software, figure out your scoring, figure out your own money, figure out, like, whatever. Like, that's so hard to do. And I don't know how to, I don't know where to put it. I don't know where to put whipped. I don't know. And it, like, makes me very sad. And all the big shows have women's tournaments. And I'm not going to walk into someone's show and be like, screw your tournament. Mine now. Like, that's also rude. Yeah. No, I I totally get it. I mean, it makes me sad because it's like, you know, it was such a, a fun event. And it was just very specific. And, you know, I was like, I, I want it to live on somewhere. And honestly, I thought I was like Indisc. I was like, Indisc would make the most sense because I feel the exact same way you do. You know, Indisc is like, the next generation of Pinberg. Like it's like the only show I feel out there that's kind of with the same cachet and the kind of the same idea. Yes, it is different. Um, It's, you know, it's a herb style, a herb style, but it's the only one that's, I feel like a similar home for it, but they already have a women's tournament. So it's like, uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. And they have a good women's tournament. Like it would be one thing if it was like not great, but it's really, it's just good. Like if you, if anyone listening to this ever gets a chance to go to Indisc, if you've ever used Never Drain software, Carl D'Angelo made that. Through Expo, I was texting that poor, he has children, he is married. I was texting that man like 
over 20, 30 times a day. How do I do this? What do I fix this with? Whatever. And he would answer me. He was amazing. Like, I cannot sing his praise enough. If you ever see Carl, like, buy him a drink or a cookie or I don't know, anything but a big buck hunter because he spent weeks upon weeks trying to get to like master buck or final buck or super buck or whatever that final mode is a buck hunter. And it was the most entertaining thing that happened in early quarantine outside of Laura's selfie league. Like that man is amazing. Every tournament you have gone to uses some version of his software. I can almost guarantee it. Like if you see Carl, tell him he is great. Tell him, thank you for having an amazing women's tournament. Those are the things I have to say about that. Sorry. You're it's totally fine. <laughs> Tangent. You're absolutely okay. So, okay, so we have talked about, you know, the history of Whipped and kind of where Whipped's going to be. And maybe, you know, we have to find it a special home. It's a, it's our it's our puppy of the week. It, we needed to find a special home because I love it so much. I, I want you to, like, I wanted to have a 2.0. But I honestly also agree with your vision. Like, other people have asked me there and, the, you know, they're like, you know, there should be like a, a women's Pinburg, Like, or there should be like a women's, like, you know, tournament, you know, event. And I'm like, I love that idea and I want that idea to succeed and grow and do all the things and go to school and all those things. But I, you know, it's, it's hard to start from scratch. Like you want to attach yourself to something that people are already going to. And Pinburg was such a perfect home for that. I will say at Expo, Mike Burgess or Burgess, I don't quite know how he says it, of Fort Wayne Pinball uh, in Indiana, who fronted $500 to the Women's Expo pot just to help boost and promote women's pinball and did a huge women's pinball tournament uh, a month or two earlier that Emily Sweeney of Chicago won. And uh, congrats, Emily. She is a very wonderful person. He had approached me about like, pick a weekend and let's try to get like a huge women's tournament going. And I would love to try to do something like that there. And I know Rachel, uh, Wisconsin, Rachel, I want to say Lil. Rachel Logia of uh, Ladies Flip, Wisconsin. Rachel Logie had approached me also about maybe doing something huge at District 82, which is out in Wisconsin. And like, those are both amazing options. And it was, it, there's just like getting out of my depression enough to coordinate it. <laughs> that seems like an insurmountable task. But like, those would both be great. Until recently, I spent more time in the Midwest than I spent in my home of New York. So uh, that at the time also was like easy for me to get to. But like, I am not writing anything off. Basically, any place that has like 40 plus games, it's doable. It's just travel. Like it's, how do you tell someone, hey, spend a couple hundred dollars to come out to this tournament that only eight people are going to win money at or 16 people are going to win money at and there's no other background event. It's like hard to tell people to spend money. Yeah, it's it's tough. But like, most people are more financially responsible than I am. <laughs> No, I hear you. So I, I feel like this is good. We're going to put a pin in it and hopefully somebody's going to come and we're going to figure this out. So yeah. I, I would love there to be a a full on weekend of women's pinball someday. And I, I feel like Whipped would be a great cornerstone for that event. So fingers crossed. But we'll, uh, I, I hope that if you find out anything that you tell us first. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But, uh, Kate, I, you know, I love having you on the show. Uh, you're such a, a huge uh, personality and person inside the pinball hobby. Our doors are always open to you. But before we, we wrap up the show, you've already done Inside the Pinball Arcade with us. So I have uh, a special uh, holiday edition question and um, our kind of like follow on special COVID edition question. So for our holiday edition, our holiday dumpster fire extravaganza, what movie do you feel would make the best pinball machine? A Christmas movie. I mean, I'm going to 
controversial. Die Hard. I love it. Would be. Yes. Yes. Amazing. I watch Die Hard on Christmas Eve every single year. And even last year on Christmas, a friend of mine was like, you know, I've never actually seen Die Hard. And I like turned the lights off and made everyone sit down. There were like 10 people here. And I was like, we are watching Die Hard. You were experiencing Die Hard on Christmas. I think Die Hard would be a great game. I think it's a wonderful movie. It's a really good action movie. Action movies translate well to pinball because there's, you know, so much action within pinball and movement and stuff. There's ways to do it. It's like, I think it would be great. I think it would be fantastic. I think there is a, like, I know Bruce Willis that it isn't a Christmas movie, but Bruce Willis is a twat, so I don't really care. But, sorry, I keep cursing. I have a very, very foul mouth. But it is a Christmas movie, and there's even a part where he writes ho, ho, ho on someone's sweatshirt. And if you don't think that that's about Christmas, then I don't know what to tell you. The person is dead, but... <laughs> I am so team Die Hard is a Christmas film. He's there for Christmas to be with his family. They're at a Christmas party. You know, he, we got the ho, ho, ho. I got a machine gun. There's many things. There's bells. Throughout the movie, as I shake my reindeer antlers at you. I don't think I've posted this yet, but it came up and I have, it's a long story, but essentially my inflatable snowman in my front yard, um, it came with a camo vest. It was free. Um, and I was like, camo is not a thing for me. So I got him a giant 6X shirt that says Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And that is what is on my front lawn. I'll send you a picture, girl. Because <laughs> I am very much on that team. So I love, I love, love, love that answer. So follow on to that. Um, we call this the COVID Desert Island Collection question. You have been shipped off to a desert island, Kate. And we are going to allow you to take three to four machines with you. They will always work. They will never break. They will always have power. You will never have to order parts. It, they will work perfectly uh, for all the time you're on the desert island. What three to four machines would you take as part of Kate's Desert Island Collection? I wish I would like have to think about this more, but I was done before you finished the question. Uh, <laughs> Tron. Nice. I love Tron. I love Tron so much. Twilight Zone. Stargazer. I could rip those spinners all day. If I had to swap out Stargazer, the only game that could take its place would be Prospector because, again, love those spinners. Uh, and then Lord of the Rings. Love Lord of the Rings. I have never done the Valinor, there and back, whatever. Nor do I know if I ever will. I don't know if I have that ability in me, but, like, I love Lord of the Rings. I learned how to play pinball on Lord of the Rings. Like, I, yes, those four, hands down. Love all of them. Amazing games. You can take your Stargazers or your Prospector. Stargazer is better to look at. Yeah. In my opinion. Versus Prospector. I love that. I love that Do collection. you have? I do not. I've played one, but I do not have one. I've, yeah. So. Uh, there was a, to, you know, speak highly of Indisc again, there was a Prospector and a Stargazer in the last Indisc Women's Bank. And I don't know if I had really ever played Stargazer, like knowing how to play it before. And I walked up to Adam Lefkoff and I was like, you know anything about Stargazer? And Adam Lefkoff knows how to play every single game that's ever been made. That's why his son is who yes. Escher is so good. And he was like, explain the drops in the upper for me and how they make the spinner value higher and whatever. And I put in like, because uh, Indisc runs in card format. And so you can't just pump and dump a game. You have to submit four games together. And whatever your scores are in those four, good or bad, those are the cards. And your best card is how you qualify. But I played like two or three cards worth of Stargazer and I was like, I need to find a Stargazer. And everyone was like, ha ha ha, good luck. I bought a Stargazer before the end of 2020. Nice. Through the magic of Facebook, Jessica DiNardo, my spinball silver, my pinball silver sister, silver bar sister, I love her so much. She had bought a Stargazer and I commented on her post like, how dare you? Because I had been posting for months, like the Bernie Sanders asking for money <laughs> meme, but asking for Stargazer. <laughs> like on every Facebook page, 
I could find, I was like, please, someone tell me a stargazer. Like, I'm turning 30. I just want to buy a stargazer. Like, it is officially become my girl. And some guy was like, you know, my friend is selling one. Or he was like, I don't know, but here's his information. I messaged the guy and he was like, it's a grail for someone. It's not my grail. I hardly ever play it. Also sold it to me way under market and was just like, if you love this game, I will gladly sell you this game. I PayPal a complete stranger money and the game showed up on a truck at 8 a.m. one day, still on its legs, which was confusing. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah. But like, yeah, just, oh, it's so, it's so beautiful. It's so great. I have a currently broken flipper and I'm waiting on flipper kits to come from pinball life. But other than that, wonderful game. They, they always, you know, like my Cleopatra has a broken button right now. I actually need to buy a new one. But no, I, I love all of those choices. And listeners, you couldn't see it, but she's like staring longingly at Stargazer. <laughs> I can't see it, but uh, it's so great. But uh, Kate, I, I hope you had a good time coming back to the show. We, we loved having you. For people who want to check out more of what you're up to, um, where can they find out more about Bells and Chimes New York? We have a Instagram and a Facebook predominantly run by Kate Axelrod. And I believe Jade does all of Instagram-y stuff. And it's very funny and they post lots of memes. They're both Bells and Chimes NYC. Feel free to friend me on Facebook if we have mutual friends and you're not a bad person. I will accept your friend request. I am not one of those people who cares about only having real people that I've met in person on my Facebook (laughs) because I just post pictures of my dog constantly linus is the best also he made a uh, appearance on wasn't he in the Godzilla translate so linus is the official dog of pinball his two pinball machine costumes are sitting on top of my tna right now um jurassic bark and bad cats and he is the keychain plastic for avengers infinity quest and he is on the back glass of godzilla pro if you look at the rooftop where godzilla and mecha godzilla are like fighting or whatever there's a man running away that I believe was originally supposed to be Charlie Emery because Keith and Jeremy like knew that Stern stole Godzilla from Suki right. and they wanted to be like, sorry, we put you on our game, but I think they removed the fedora. And then a little tiny white dog running away from all the destruction. And that is my my little man, Linus, who is the stinkiest boy in the entire world, but the love of my life. Yes, if you want. My dog has an Instagram. He does not post, but I tag him and stuff. And he's very cute. And it's Linus McPants if you would like to follow my dog on the internet. You should. I, I I enjoy dog Instagram accounts, and that one is one of my favorite ones. But again, Kate, thank you so much for being on the show. We really, really appreciate it. I hope you have a ho- happy holiday season. I hope you get to feeling better soon and you get rid of this uh, COVID crud. Yeah. Uh, if not, like, again, you know, the raspy, I've always had a raspy voice. I'm going to lean in. And, and this is what I'm going to sound like forever now. That's fine. At least I didn't lose my taste. But I hope you have an awesome new year and play lots of pinball. And I hope there is lots of good pinball in your future. Aw, thank you, Kate. Same to you. Listeners, again, thank you so much for for joining us. We are wrapping up 2021. We've got lots of stuff going on for 2022. We've got a lot of cool guests coming up in the next couple of months. Um, But again, thank you so much for taking us with you. It's been a crazy two years almost with COVID and pandemic and everything else so so we really appreciate it and and listening and downloading and doing all the magical things if you want to support us you can uh, link click the link on our website uh, backboxpinballpodcast.com for patreon uh, we also have swag somebody bought a shirt uh thank you whoever bought a shirt because they they send us like hey you sold a shirt through our link and that's also you can click on the swag link and we get do um, shirts and pins if you want to be a patreon whatever we got swag um, we also got awesome co- koozies. You know, Kate, I need to get you a koozie. You need to have a Backbox Pinball Podcast koozie. Someone just sent me a Cincinnati koozie. 
I love it so much. We're going to we're going to we're going to work that out. So, all right, listeners, take care of yourselves, take care of each other and keep flipping. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Backbox Pinball Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. To receive updates and the latest episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your podcatcher of choice. Also, we'd love for you to post a review on Apple Podcasts. To look at dream themes, show notes, and more, visit our website at www.backboxpinballpodcast.com. Again, that's backboxpinballpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and keep flipping!